Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, I'm going to ask you on your thoughts in a couple of horsemanship areas today. The first one is about the common conception that you need to move a horse's feet and in this context especially when a horse is quite stressed and they won't relax and so you ask them to move until they do relax and then you can let them stop how do you what do you think about that particular method what are the pros and cons um it's something uh, all through my sort of I guess, career of training horses and, and doing a lot of clinics, uh, you know, I come across that all the time and a lot of, um, you know, I guess horsemanship methods do have a sort of philosophy in there that, you know, move their feet, you know, get them busy. Um, and I guess that busyness is designed to distract them. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I guess a good trainer would want to get them more centred because of that. But the problem is, is um, really you've got to look at why the horse has got, uh, got so much anxiety in most horses it's just because their minds are somewhere else um, and it's separated from their body so so they're anxious uh, their, their, their thoughts are on their last place of safety or something like that and I guess the reason why you have to be so careful doing that with horses is because um, when you start moving their feet well for one how are you doing it what are you doing to them to get them to move are you just sort of chasing them around are you lunging and what are you doing are you sending them left and right are you just kind of moving their feet and waiting till they get tired um, that'd be something that I'd be like well what's the point um, you're just putting the horse um, you're making education a stressful place until eventually the horse gets tired so if that was your sort of you know philosophy to move their feet until they sort of wear out a bit and then maybe get a bit tired and then and then stop. Well, I think you're just um, making you a burden. Um, and, you know, they, they say make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. Well, um, you're making education difficult for the horse by making them do stuff until they stop. But if you were moving their feet in a thoughtful way, that were moving their feet till their feet line up with their thoughts, then you might have some success and, and create a soft horse. Uh, an example might be uh, a horse that's quite anxious and you're riding it, um, it's got a strong forward thought, but you might pick up on the reins and back it. So you're moving its feet, not stopping it. You're moving its feet backwards, but you're moving the horse's feet backwards until you see the thoughts come back and the horse let go of a forward thought and then you release at that moment. So you're actually rewarding a thought change on the horse that's sort of, you know, destinating. So even on the ground, if you were, like sometimes I'll get a horse and I'll just take a hold of it instead of sort of maybe, for instance, popping a flag and distracting it, which I'll talk about in a second, um, I'll take a hold of the lead rope and I'll just sort of move it one step forward, one step back. But I'm feeling right where the brace is and when it gets a strong thought, I'll firm up on that thought. And then uh, when, I, when it lets go of that thought, I'll release a little bit. So it's a very structured movement that I'm doing with the horse. And it might only be moving it back a few steps, moving it across a few steps, things like that. So, so um, I'm, I'm guiding it until I feel the thoughts and the feet line up and the whole horse is together uh, and more centred. So, so yeah, in a sense, um, instead of trapping it, you, you can move a horse um, to get it to, to let go of something else and take on something new, which is the something new is what you're asking. Some horses that are very limited training and very fearful, you're better off just have it doing the easiest way to get uh, them to let go of a strong thought, which is just distraction. So 
So, um, you know, uh, one form of distraction would be just sort of, you know, banging your leg or popping a flag and the horse lets go of that thought quickly, comes back to you, and then it sees you standing centered and calm and it goes, oh, oh, then it, then it gets bothered again, you're distracted again, the thoughts come back and then the horse centers. But if the horse is really anxious and moving, the sooner I can get it to um, center, the better. So I, I, I go in going, I don't want to let this horse stress for more than a minute. I want, to, I want it to get it to, to let go of that and be centered um, as quick as I can so I can help it. So if I went in going, I'm going to move its feet here, left, right and center for 20 minutes, well, I, I'm putting that horse under stress for 20 minutes and that horse will always remember that. Uh, the other thing about moving their feet is you don't want to be trying to chase them away to move their feet because it makes them feel like, you know, you're pushing them out, out of the pecking order, like pushing them out of, down in the pecking order by moving them away and moving them away and moving them away. So if you did that, you're only destroying your relationship with your horse. But as I say, um, you know, there's a way that you can move a horse um, and, to, and when you see the thoughts and the feet line up uh, and they're together, you reward them. Um, and usually that's when the horse lets go of that brace. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of things like that you can do. But as I say, I, I think just moving them for the sake of moving them until they sort of tire a bit and stand still is not, not a good idea. And and if you think just making their mind busy and, and you're missing the point where the horse is following a feel and connecting with what you're asking, then you can sort of really sort of do a lot of damage by making the horse do a lot of work but without... Uh, it, it finding the sweet spot um, in what you've offered it. So education has to offer the horse a sweet spot to make it feel better. And, and if you're sort of constantly looking for that, then um, you, you, you know the horse will find it and you'll have a happier horse. Okay, and, and your thoughts please on the next question, which comes from Kathleen. And it's about following the feel. So she knows that you're, um, using feel to guide and um, teaching feel is a complex concept and skill but you'd just like to know the application of it in the real world and why you use feel for guiding with the rope and the rein as opposed to maybe guiding with internal energy or intention that's a really good question and it's something um that, that I, I kind of talk about and try and address a lot at clinics because over, over my years of sort of observing horsemanship and different styles of horsemanship and, um, and I guess myself, my own, my own sort of learning uh, over the years and, and trying to help horses for the real world of, um, you know, some of the stuff I used to have a bit more energy and stuff and, and do things like that. And, and I've actually gone back to sort of doing less with my, my um, you know, more deliberate energy and body language and just sort of um, teaching them to operate first, as in operate through a field of a rope first. Um, now, oh, like anything that I say, some of it's, it's, it's sort of like stuff that I've worked on and observed. So I see a lot of horses getting trained through that internal energy and stuff like that, which is all good and well for the person and the horse. And I'm not saying don't use that but it's not setting the horse up for life. Um, so my objective at clinics is to get people to firstly set the horse up, you know, for their journey in life. And, you know, I hear, hear people, everyone comes to the clinic and, um, I'm, you know, they, they, I hear the word journey used a lot all, all the time. Um, you know, this is my horsemanship journey or whatever it is. 
Um, so I like to make it clear to people that um, this is not about your journey. This is about your horse's journey in life and, and how your horse um, can cope um, with its own tools to survive in a human world with or without you. So I think it's very, very important that horses trust, trust the rope more than they trust us. I know that sounds silly, but we leave them with the rope and we go away. And if the horse trusts us more than the rope, then they're going to pour the ground while they're tied up and things like that. So I actually try and remove myself from the education so I know the horse really understands the rein, the rope, the application of pressure, the pressure that's applied to it. And it knows how to turn off me and understand that without needing me there. So, so I think that's very important. And if we work on our internal energies and stuff when we're teaching horses these things, sometimes we can lead them to the answer too early. Like an example would be as I pick up my energy and I want my horse to move. Um, well, the horse will actually see me pick up my energy and it'll know how to move. But did I get that horse to follow the feel or did it just watch me and my energy? So sometimes if we use our internal energies too much, so, so uh, like I call it liberty, um, everyone knows the word liberty. So I say, are we using too much liberty in our um, halter training? So, and, and that's the biggest, um, I think, brace in horses that I'm trying to fix, as in one of <laughs> the five biggest block uh, braces, is fixing horses that have been using their eyes too much to, to learn uh, and feeling the energies of people um, so because they've spent their life watching and feeling the energies of people and anticipating that, they, they've actually missed following the pathway of feel and trying to get them not to look and not to see us and follow the pathway of feel and trust it sometimes is more difficult than a young horse who, who, who has not had that exposure for many years. So though it's very important to have that sort of, you know, connection through our, our you know, our who we are and our energies and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's very important that we isolate the two types of training um, because if we lead the horse to the answer too quickly, it hasn't found the answer, I think, thoroughly itself. Um, and you know, there's that saying, and I, and I agree with this saying, um, but I'll, I'll also say there's catches in everything. You know that saying, um, don't ask a question you haven't already you know, taught the horse the answer or always ask yes questions. So always asking a yes question um, is, uh, oh, sorry, we're trying to, if we, if we teach the horse the answer first and then we ask the question, then the horse knows the answer. Now there is one catch to that and that is usually when um, we're teaching a horse to follow the feel and then um, because we've already taught it to move off an energy or something like that, then if the horse doesn't follow the feel, then we might pick up the energy and then the horse goes, oh, no, I'll pick up off the energy. Um, I actually like horses sometimes when I'm using feel not to know the answer or not me not to put the answer in their mind, uh, as in they kind of got an idea what not to do and they know about boundaries. I've already established that, but I try and teach, um, like establish it like a, a multi-choice answer. Um, so instead, of, um, I pick up a lead and then if the horse doesn't find the answer, I do something to show it the answer. 
I let the horse wriggle and find the answer in the pressure instead of showing it the answer with my energy. The reason I find that very important is because when they're on the end of a rope and a rail, the horse has learned to search within the boundaries of pressure on its own and it's found it, but it hasn't, it wasn't completely on its own as it is. It was in the safety of my hand and I could adjust and do things so the horse doesn't get in a wreck or a mess or anything like that or hurt itself. But the horse did find the answer through the rope, not through me doing something different. Because sometimes I think people, we, 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 as people, we think, oh, beauty, we've set the horse up to find the answer. Look, this series of events happen and the horse knows the answer. Well, no, the horse has to search. Some horses have to do something quite a lot of times and repeat that, that searching process and feeling their boundaries to find clarity quite a lot of times to really understand it themselves. So they never go back to pulling back or, or fighting. Uh, whereas if we sort of have a series of cues to... Um, then the horse will actually, we just go to the next cue and we and we bypass that horse searching within the pressure. Uh, so that's why I also uh, think it's very important to um, not use our energies uh, hand in hand with our field training too much is because we'll often just give the horse the answer without then letting them find it. And, and I think that's um, you know important. And then when we do our liberty, when there's nothing on that horse, well, we can go, ahead and use those energies more and you know all that sort of stuff because there's nothing else to help guide the horse except us and our our intentions and things like that so so you know when we do use liberty it's going to be all about what the horse sees and feels and stuff like that but when i'm working on a halter um and things like that or belly ropes and things like that it's, it's all about what they feel and how they interpret that um and and we want to be out of the equation um I've probably gone around that a few times there, but I hope that makes sense. Um, and it's not that one or the other's better or worse. It's just that it, the horse has to know each one individually before we can even put them together. Otherwise, they'll assume and not get each one of them correct. Is it also, though, because you just raised, um, I was sort of having images in my mind as you were, you know, really nicely describing that. Um, and one of the things I know you try and do is get the horse to go towards its thought. So if you're using the rope, um, surely you're helping it to go towards its thought because it's being in that direction, rope or rein. Whereas when you're using your energy, well, the thought is on you, which is, again, not quite the answer. Is that right yeah, to well, the balance? Um, yeah, that's, there's, two, there's two ways of using energy. Um, so when I push a rope out to the side, I want the horse to think away from me. If I wanted the horse to move away from my energy, then... Some, so, you know, and there's two styles of training, even in the liberty sense. So I would pick up, even when I do my, um, like say, liberty work, I would point my energy in a direction and I want the horse to pick up on that direction and look in that direction. Uh, so they, they, they can still pick up on those energies and, and think towards those directions. Um, so I still want to be able to get a horse to think away with uh, indirect pressure. So indirect pressure would be my energy and stuff like that. Um, and I also want them to think away with the rope. Now, some people use their energies to keep their horse focused on their energy and the, and the person pushes and draw, drives and draws, I guess, with their energy and the horse is constantly focused on their energy. Um, I'm not such a big fan of that because it um, kind of disempowers the horse and the horse is just thinking on the person the whole time. So it's focus is on the person. Uh, whereas I want the horse's awareness on me and it's focus or it's more primary focuses for the task. Um, so, and that's how I, I want the horse to work, whether it's in hand or at liberty under saddle, is its awareness is on me, the primary focus is on the task. Uh, and if we sometimes yeah, tap into that 
um, focus on the person sort of energy stuff too much, then the horse is hyper focused on that and only and we're carrying the horse the whole way around makes it easy. Um, but we're responsible for everything the horse does, the horse hasn't thought through anything. So we have to be careful of that because it also um, can sort set the horse up for failure later on when it does have to think about all the other big scary things out there in the real world. Okay, and Sylvia, who's a new member, so welcome Sylvia. She's a bit overwhelmed by all the videos to go through. There is over 500 now, so yes, um, quite a selection for you. She has a new horse to her, a 13-year-old gelding, who has terrible separation anxiety in the trailer when he's tied up and if the other horses leave. So she's wondering what would be the best videos for her to kind of go through as a starting point being new to you. The challenge is always a good one to go back to. I always, and, and in the future, we're going to put more challenges in as well, but the challenge is more of a, um, you know, start to get in the feel of your horse and, and learn some basic tools. Another video that I'd watch before I do anything is, is how to use the flag, the one about just, just the, the, the principles on the flag. Um, all the must-see videos, uh, which are on there. I think it's must-see, isn't it? The... Watch these first. Yeah, watch these first videos. Um, but for your particular horse, I think the videos that you really want to be um, tuning into are the ones that um, separation anxiety connection disability videos. They're the ones that um, really tune into a, a disconnected horses, things like that. And and um, and they've got you know different videos of different horses, uh, different extremes of, of me trying to gain a better connection and stuff like that. Uh, and they're the ones that will help you know where you're at with your horse. But basically, the, the like all of the videos, um, you have to be very um, go through them, and people have to use their own discretion. Um, the the thing about this my videos is um it's not just this is a, a program that we all just put our horses in and they come out the same at the end because it's all those programs that i'm fixing all the time the most destroyed horses i have at clinics uh come have sometimes been through programs and um so there you have to look at videos and and go well that, that's not going to really suit me that that's not where i'm at with that horse because there's footage, clinic, clinic footage and stuff like that of me working horses and 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 you yourself might not be ready for certain things um, and, you know, and then so you don't do those things. Um, the other thing also, the videos to look at too, any of the rope handling videos and leading videos because I, I think they're some of the best because um, getting yourself, you know, how to use a rope and where to stand and, 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 and how to just pour a rope, things like that are really important. And then just the principles behind leading because some of that, all that separation anxiety and stuff, um, you know, good quality leading, sometimes you go away, work a horse for, for five days, come back and you find the problem's gone without actually having to go to the problem. Uh, you know, so, so a well-educated horse will have less of those problems than, than a not so well educated horse and, and, and what I've noticed as well in training is um, the better you get at teaching a horse to follow a feel the less lessons there are I, I've really believed that now like I had to teach a horse to tie up don't tie it up because by the time the horse follows a feel you won't need to teach it that how do you teach a horse to go on a float by the time it knows how to follow a feel truly uh, and, and put trust through through that field then then you don't have to do much float loading you know all those things 
um, you know, how you lead a horse to a mounting block, just get on the mounting block and teach it to follow a feel up to a mounting block. So you'll find that the better you get at understanding all that leading, um, the less lessons you'll have to teach your horse because it all incorporates in, in that, that area. So Sylvia, I'll, I'll put the links on to um, the Facebook group for you so you can see those uh, sections of videos that Mark's talking about because the membership is divided into sections. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.